You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Or should I say Merry Christmas? One and all. <laughs> did, you, did you say Quizmas? I did indeed. That's very clever. Congratulations. Yes, I thought I'd try something cute for once. <laughs> well, we are still, well, as of recording, about 10 days away from Christmas. But... It has really snuck up on me this year round. Last time I checked, it was January. <laughs> What on earth happened with this year? Gosh, have you been awake this year? I have. That's the worrying part. So much has happened and I feel yeah. like it's just gone... Whoosh, yeah, I think so. By. I think so. And uh, it's amazing that we've gone through so many episodes of University Challenge already. So we're at 23. I know. we are. that's incredible as well. We are... I think now past the halfway point oh, or close sure. to it. Yeah, I think we're about, yeah, we're exactly. We're about at halfway, um, which is stunning. And to look back at all the episodes that we have recorded and watched, um, I think it's, it's great to see, to be honest. Speaking of stunning, this is the first time in a while that I can remember that there are no Oxford colleges taking part in the quarterfinals. That's right. They, we have about three Cambridge colleges, I think, yeah. but no Oxford at all. Yeah, because the very last match, which will be taking place next year, yeah. is between Exeter and Imperial. That's right. So, it's quite impressive, actually. Mm -hmm. So, I think there's a very good chance that we'll not be having an Oxbridge final, which is, you know, I think a lot of people do enjoy it when we have more of a mix. Yes. Also, it's important to point out that the two best-scoring losers that managed to get through were both uh, Cambridge teams. Mm -hmm. Anyway, enough talking about the future and the past. Let's talk about the present, which is specifically this match between Birmingham and St. Andrews. So this was um, pretty interesting, pretty exciting to watch, only because, and I have to say, um, watching Bartel and Robinson as a power duo, Oh yeah, um, that was immensely enjoyable, I think, because clearly they are very knowledgeable, intelligent people. And watching them work out difficult puzzles, um, enjoyable as always. But in particular, I think this is a duo to beat, I think. Would you say they are more of a duo than Anzali and Hutchinson? So while I was watching them, I was thinking how they would um, square off against Anzali and Hutchinson if that ever happened. So mm -hmm. I think probably that's the only other duo that I can see kind of giving them a run for their money. That's true. That's because... the only one that I can kind of think about, think of right now. Yeah. Pretty much every other team is more of an uh, entire team enterprise going yeah. on. Whereas those two teams, it's very much those two. That's not to say that, you know, the rest of the team, the rest are wasters. Are, yeah. They are still very important parts of, of the course. thing. It's just they draw the attention because of how they convey us with each other. How they, how exactly, the, the dynamic between the two of them, how they kind of play off one another. Overall, just knowledge, the breadth of knowledge uh, between the two of them. Absolutely. Um, before we continue, I feel like there is a bit of an elephant in the room that we do need to discuss. Mm -hmm. There were a few online, on Twitter especially, who were making certain allegations of um, Michael, Mr. Bartel. All right. Basically, they were accusing him of sexism because oh. there was this kind of... People thought that he was ignoring uh, Jamie, Sajid. Yeah. And I have to say that I didn't, I didn't see, see that, that at all. I feel like, yes, he was looking at the other two. But whenever she spoke up, he did turn around and engage with her. And yeah. it was very clear that because they are mics, 
he doesn't need to be looking at her to be able to hear what she's saying because she can speak into the microphone and hear it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just people on Twitter being a bit more mean than they need to be. Um, I definitely didn't see Bartel doing any of that. So, yeah. And look, I am not going to stand here or sit here even and say <laughs> that sexism does not exist in University Challenge. We've definitely seen it happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is definitely a problem. We did an episode about it. Yeah, and it's definitely on the way to getting better but we've definitely got a lot of work left to do yeah. however i find it a little bit suspicious that the time that people start talking about it a lot it's when it's a person of color being uh, targeted yeah i mean that's that's very possible in the same way that you know whilst i am not a big fan of jamila jamil i feel like she gets often really singled out for any minor mess up <laughs> she makes online it's just you know i feel like there's a certain inequality of standards that we hold because we definitely had for example last year with the St. John's Cambridge team where the team captain you know was holding his hand up physically to a female team member and I don't see remember seeing nary a mention of potential sexism going on in that regard. Uh, yeah, I think Parkinson did the same thing, and she got a lot of flack for doing the exact same thing. So, exactly. Yeah, I guess I guess who receives more criticism online does often depend on their marginality, and you know that's I think definitely true. But that's for another day. I think a topic for another day. Yes, and I have to say that. A close friend of uh, Mr. Bartel spoke to his defense on Twitter, as did Jones yeah, from the Edinburgh course. team. Yeah. So, honestly, this is you know really a nothing burger. But I feel like <laughs> I did want to say something about it because, I don't know, I'm just getting a little bit frustrated that we pick and choose when to make these kind of uh, comments. Yeah, so we're not consistent in our outrage, which is, you know, it's Twitter. What do you expect, right? Exactly. So- I, I gave up on Twitter a long time ago, but I just wanted to say my piece about that. And mm-hmm. now we can talk about more fun stuff. <laughs> so on the St. Andrews side, I think, unfortunately, um, I think they did their best. Yeah. I think they, they definitely put up a, a strong uh, competition, but I think they did lose a number of points because, and I think this is from the pressure, simply mm-hmm. the pressure of facing a team like Birmingham. So they did buzz in um, incorrectly and I think maybe lost 10 to 15 points just on that and I can imagine the amount of pressure that you have to have on that side and why that factored into just taking a bit more risks. Absolutely and I I feel so sad for McMenamin because <laughs> her power stance unfortunately did not help her this day. Yeah she had the power stance going as usual as we saw but unfortunately I think the, the Birmingham team was just a, a lot stronger. I think it was just that they were much faster when it came to the buzzer. Yeah. When it came to bonus rounds I feel like there was quite a lot of parity between the two teams. Okay. Uh, we'll probably see that we'll clearer see that in, in the corner. In corner when it comes up. But I think it was just that um, Robinson and Bartel were so aggressive on that buzzer <laughs> yeah. and they not give the um, St. Andrews team a second to breathe. Yeah, it's just the speed with which they answer some of these questions, especially starter questions. It yeah. blew me away. Um, so if we want to move into questions uh, now? I feel like now is a good time to start talking about questions. Yeah, so there was one question that came at the end, which was um, the initials of European countries trees and their capital cities oh yes right so d is to c as to something so basically uh copenhagen is to denmark or denmark is to copenhagen one of those yeah and it took me three times as long to figure out the question as robinson took to work it out i had to replay it (laughs) twice just to see what was going on and robinson was just like that it was almost immediate it was barely a few seconds 
And that's what I was saying at the beginning. It is so enjoyable to watch, you know, clearly intelligent people um, work these questions out, these complex questions out so quickly. Yeah, and also... It made it very clear that uh, Mr. Bartel is definitely a man of culture. Oh, yes. Oh, I he mean, we established s- that in the, from their first... Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the Shakespeare round in the first uh, oh. round was definitely, you know, the stars aligned the for, stars, uh, if, if for If ever there. that were to happen, that happened then. But outside of that, you know, in terms of his opera, his art, yeah. oh, this yeah. was a man who had a wide breadth of cultural knowledge, which you really brought to the forefront with this one. Definitely, definitely. Uh, McParland's definitely uh, shone in the duck round. I think <laughs> that was, we have to make, make mention of that. I have to say, I loved the duck bonus <laughs> round. Not necessarily because I have a particular affinity for ducks, even yeah. though I do find them quite adorable and they fun. They are lovely. It is just that I don't think I've ever seen a more animated conversation about, about these ducks. creatures. Yeah, well, only a university challenge, right? Yeah, especially how McParland uh, just went... That's not that's not a duck. That's not exactly. In such a strong Scouse accent as well, just to really underline it. Yeah, and you know what? We talk about this UK geography nerd among the question set, lurking among the question setters. You know what? I actually think that there's a duck enthusiast among the question setters because this is not the first time we've had a duck round. We've had we've definitely had duck questions on at least this season. Ah, uh, you see, but they're sneakier than the English geography nerd. Uh-huh. The English geography nerd, I feel like there's a bit of narcissism to them. Yeah, okay. They feel like they have to be part of almost every single the round. The duck person is playing the long game, I think. Exactly. They yeah. wait for the opportune moment to strike and catch people unawares. Mm, we have to then, I mean, my advice to the team, prepare your duck trivia for the finals. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is a very specific phobia that somewhere, somehow, a duck is watching <laughs> oh. you. Yes. And more specifically, it is a duck fanatic is watching you. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I think this is increasingly clear with this. Absolutely. Uh, but in terms of other questions I liked, I did like the one about medieval England. Oh, yeah, of course. Because I just like that they had all these, you know, um, terms for King John. Uh-huh. Uh, Laxord and other, you know, yeah. horrible names because he was a pretty <laughs> weak king. <laughs> Good thing he didn't. He wasn't on Twitter, right? Oh, he would have been demolished. He would make Boris Johnson look like a capable statesman. Oh, indeed, yes. Topical. Topical. Ooh. Uh, there was also a, a very nice round I thought on non-European languages based on their flags. That was the first picture round, yeah. Yeah, and I really like that question because we do tend to forget how many languages there are in this world. We tend to only know, um, I think, the the European ones. We assume, and this is a product of, you know, colonialism, that everyone at least speaks some English. If they don't speak English, they speak some Spanish or some French. Mm -hmm. Um, Now Chinese is coming, but that's also another product of imperialism. Yeah, but exactly. So, and we tend to forget that there's close to six, seven thousand languages in the world. And this is some interesting trivia that I I came across and I wanted to share. So, um, on a more general level, only 0.2% of the world's languages... Um, are spoken by half of the world's population. Really? And 96% of the world's languages are spoken by just 4% of the population. That is crazy, because I know that there's this one language, I believe it's in the Pacific Islands, where there are only two or three speakers left, and the language is going to die because they had a massive falling out years ago and refused to talk to each other, so they Mm. can't record a language. And they can't communicate with anyone else, and they can't communicate with each other. Yeah, so they will take it to the grave for pettiness. Yeah. Maybe not connected, but uh, it was important to see Singapore and um, Brunei, Brunei brought together. Speaking, yeah, Bahasa Malayu or just yeah. the one word term Malay, it yeah. would be Malay. So that was cool. 
Oh, very nice to see. I got that one. Yeah, I got that one as well because <laughs> I was afraid that they were going to take the easy way out and do, you know, uh, Chinese. Yeah. But it would be interesting if they... Well, it wouldn't have been the case, right? Because it had to be their indigenous languages, which Chinese is not an indigenous language of Singapore, contrary to popular belief. But also the two South American countries because... Yeah. That's something which I feel like a lot of people don't really, you know, keep in the forefront of mind. That South America was also a colonized uh, continent. Oh, that there's still a lot that. of indigenous con- uh, languages there, oh, which, for sure, yeah. you know, some modern others have been uh, kept going. Yeah. So for me, I mean, coming from Southeast, coming from Singapore, I know a lot of the Southeast Asian languages, so like Malay, mm-hmm. things like that. But when it comes to a lot of the African languages and um, South American languages I tend to think of French, English and Spanish but I have really very little idea of all the thousands of indigenous languages that must exist and that really goes to my earlier point which is that um, we there's so many languages in the world that we just simply do not know of um, because of how widespread colonization was exactly I feel like we have so much to talk about with this, oh, yes. but <laughs> we have to remember that this is a <laughs> episode about university challenge i have to get off my soapbox this time wow how are the turntables how are the turntables any other questions you like oh i i think this was my favorite physics question <laughs> where it was you have to answer with the element whose symbol is the si derived unit of a measure of force okay i lost you there so for example the answer of nitrogen because a measure of force is newtons yeah which is demarked by N. That's right. So, you know, the chemical symbol for nitrogen is N. Yes, okay. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yes, yeah. indeed. indeed. So it's basically through those questions. But I just thought that was really clever kind of <laughs> extra steps of thinking. Oh, always fun to see these kinds of questions. Yeah, because it was actually a question about the periodic table, but it's just kind of dress. And that's dressed. what I like about University Challenge. They dress questions. Yeah, their questions are really interesting. Which an extra level of abstraction, which makes them think and you feel like they earn the answer a lot more. Oh, and yeah. also, if you're playing along at home, like we were, <laughs> if you're able to get it, that, that you really feel motivated. Yeah. All right. So time to go into some stats. So brought to you by UC Stats on Twitter. So like Indeed. you were saying, uh, when it did come to the bonus rounds, um, they were not as far apart as you might think. Yeah. But firstly, in terms of total questions, St. Andrews got 39% um, and Birmingham got about 62%. Okay. In terms of starter questions, obviously Birmingham uh, really dominated here with 87% of starter questions uh, compared to St. Andrews, 36%. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when it came to bonuses, uh, a little bit more equal because Birmingham got about 51% of their bonus questions correct. And St. Andrews got about 42%. So yeah. not too far off, but at the same time, Birmingham's uh, uh, record on the bonuses was not actually not that high. Because as we had said before, for a lot of the teams that go on to the, the quarterfinals, semifinals, um, they tend to get a little bit higher percentage. High um, 50s, low 60s. Yeah, yeah at, least, at least 60s, I would say. Because um, that's what we've seen. There's been quite a number of teams that have yeah. managed to get at least 60% of the bonuses correct. So for, for Birmingham to have gotten less than that... Um, it's actually a bit different from what we would have expected. Yeah, and I feel like they could come away from this match definitely knowing where they need to improve. Yeah. There are definitely gaps in their knowledge which they need to fill in. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you get a bonus round where you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, It happens, you can't control for that. Mm-hmm. But at least you know, okay, these are the kind of questions where we definitely need to get a little bit more kind of practice on that. Yeah, but certainly. But they have plenty of time and... 
51 is not a bad record for bonuses. It's not bad, but it's we've had winners less with, than what we had, would have expected. But we've yes. had winners with you know low 40s uh, in yes. this uh, round. So <laughs> it's a toss up. Yeah, but definitely their buzzer game was fantastic, mm-hmm. and. You know, they can't rely on that so much in the next round because there are other teams who have a very strong buzzer game and a very strong bonus game as well. So, yeah, yeah I do feel like uh, there were no drop points for Birmingham and they did only interrupt a couple of times. So, actually, Birmingham interrupted a total of six times. Oh, but really? Correctly. Wow. Uh, St. Andrews also interrupted six times, but three of those were incorrect. Oh, that's true because um, Robinson had a very impressive... in interruption with uh, the answers about adidas and puma uh-huh yeah. whereas uh, that was impressive very specific knowledge um so do you think birmingham has what it takes to go far how far do you see them going i feel like they could potentially make it through the quarterfinals i think so too um just thinking about the other teams that i've gone through so far i mean kings definitely did better than they did in the first round but i still feel like there's something that's not quite functioning there with them um, Emmanuel have also been improving, but yeah. they've already lost one of their first rounds. Indeed. Uh, but if they're up against teams like Trinity or Edinburgh, mm-hmm. they really have their work cut out for yeah. them. I feel like those two teams are the ones that are really going to start uh, being... And Reading, of course. How could I forget about Reading? Yeah, so things are getting real. Yeah, we have so many very powerful teams in the quarterfinal, which always makes for good television, yeah, but it's so- going to be soul-crushing to see some teams get knocked out. <laughs> soul-crushing, well, yes. I think for, for those of us who love University Challenge. Um... Well, you know, because I have to say, every single <laughs> team that's made it through this far have been such a joy to watch. Yeah. They always have a you know a lovely, charming smile. They really get into the game. They're kind of funny. Yeah. You know, it's there's no kind of, you know, out-there personality to kind of glom on to. That's true. But overall, it's just, these are just lovely people taking part. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, well, all right. I think now it's time for us to get to the real meat of this. The reason thing. why everyone tunes in week after week. Oh, yes. Almost uh, year after year. Best dress. So on the count of three. One, two, three. Sajit. Oh, very nice. We are once again in sync. And honestly, that was <laughs> probably the nicest uh, top I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I think for her hairstyle as well, it was giving me kind of 1960s. Um, Indian film vibes. I know what you they, mean. They yeah. kind of do their fringes, mm-hmm. kind of like that short, kind of parted in that way. There was so. definitely yeah a kind of classical look going on yeah. with how she was set up. It was very good, very nice. And I think you know special mention, of course, goes to Bartel for that <laughs> wonderful, wonderful leopard print he was I know, wearing. I know. Leopard it was print always gets a, a pass. It was us. wonderful, and you know Robinson was you know very smartly dressed. Yeah. Actually, the entire. Uh, Birmingham side really brought their A game yeah. on the other side uh, also yeah yeah, another very sharply dressed team yeah but only one can win our best dressed the I got that one best dressed yes and you should really pin that as a point of pride because <laughs> honestly that's more important than you know winning Getting the competition questions right I mean who cares about that to be honest who cares about that yeah so uh, well, right. Jamie very well done you looked fantastic but so did <laughs> everyone else 
and <laughs> that is it for this uh yeah and episode. if you've got any comments questions if you want to share your uh, predictions for the future rounds please feel free to drop us an email we're on instagram and twitter as i got that one or you can even drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com indeed send us in any feedback any uh, questions you have maybe if you want to know more about us i don't know why you would we're pretty boring <laughs> but eh, the offer's open well speak for yourself we will still be here over the christmas break we will try and watch uh, we've the... got some ideas for special episodes yeah we'll watch a few of these celebrity uh, ones uh, no promise that we're going to go very in depth but we'll definitely you know yeah. give it a go I suppose so until then until then it is goodbye from me and goodbye from me